Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhandu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepath, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Welcome to the first episode of Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast in which five friends from all over the world play Blades in the Dark, a tabletop role-playing game written by John Harper. If you're not familiar with Blades, in short, it's a game about daring scoundrels doing heists, getting into trouble, and fighting a system that wants to crush you under its heel. If you already know the game, though, you should also know that we're not exactly playing what I've just described. Our crew is a family of cultists who live in the city of Uduwasha, which we've reinvented as a mix of many cities we all love. Calcutta, Hyderabad, Delhi, and a dash of Singapore. Caught between modernity and tradition, we'll follow the disciples of the Temple of the Ceaseless Wheel. We wanted to record the kind of game we want to see more of, inspired directly by South Asian vibes, especially Bengali and Telugu, with a focus on a playstyle in which the GM and the players all contribute to the way the world lives and feels, and a view of colonialism that reflects but doesn't necessarily reproduce our world. If you want to know a little bit more about our world and our characters, we're releasing a bonus episode which you can check out on our feed. Let us know at desperateattune at gmail.com if you want a closer look at the description of the Hell City. All of us have contributed to the world building, and while we don't have any plans right now to release it, there's no reason that that should remain the case. And with that preamble finished, let's head into the actual game. How would you like to go first? Introduce yourself, tell us something about you and your character. So I'm Zohab, uh, also known as Clow. And yeah, I'll be play- I'm playing Miras Chakraborty. He's a very typical kind of like a South Asian guy who went away abroad to study engineering and then came back home. Except um, he came back home to start to take over the family cult, even though he doesn't want to do that at all. Emma, would you like to go next? Sure. I am Emma. I am playing Joan, who is a bit of a newcomer to the city and to the faith as well. Uh, she used to be a railjack, but she is now retired to become a student at the temple. Uh, Prince? I'm Prince. Uh, I play Vickers, Miraz's wife, who is uh, a roofball enthusiast and a, well, countess from uh, uh, the Shattered Isles. She uh, married for love 
and continues the noble sport of roof ball in the city, which uh, is uh, basically rugby on rooftops with uh, a lot of <laughs> hilarious violence. Incredible. Uh, and lastly, should I call you Soap? I think I think Soap is as 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 good as we're gonna get. Lastly, Soap. Yes, Soap's fine. Yeah. So uh, I'm Adiad or Soap uh, on this podcast. I'm playing. Abbas Chakravarti, uh, Miraz's uncle. Abbas is essentially like an ex-spy for, uh, uh, I guess, an Islamic religious scholar uh, living in Uzuwasha. He is um, extremely uh, nationalistic and anti-accuracy and anti-noble um, uh, demon houses. Um, Though he doesn't do much about that nowadays except complain about it. It can be found, for the most part, just hanging around in the temple and uh, reading books and giving Miraz a hard time. And I, my name is Saumitli. Um, mostly I am referred to as Tree, uh, as that is how most people on this podcast met me. I'm running this game, and I hope that every single person you hear me play sounds... At least like someone you would like to have a conversation with. So I think that it is a just another regular day in Uduasha. The great well um, eternally on fire continues to blaze uh, the undercity. We see people scurrying in and, in and out, strange beasts and uh, wax golems finding their way through the labyrinth. And I think that we follow a, a small child uh, running up the road towards the temple of the eternal wheel, the temple of the Chakraborty. And the small child, uh, as we see, see him running, we see that uh, he has in his hand clutched a letter. And he delivers this letter to whoever is present. So that could be really any of the PCs. It could be Abbas, it could be Joan, it could be Vickers or Miraz. Mm -hmm. I think I would like yeah. to volunteer to take this letter. And the letter is uh, appears to be um, something that is actually quite common, a kind of message that is quite common in Uduwasha, which is people hire normally small children, um, not older than about 12 or 14, to warn people that they are coming, right? The letter basically tells you that guests will be arriving to the temple in about two hours. But what strikes you as odd about it is that it is very formal. And normally this kind of letter is like, hey, I'm going to be there in two hours. And this is more like, uh, you know, directed to the temple of. Excellent. So I will, I will take this opportunity to describe how Vickers looks Excellent. in this moment. She's in her roof ball uniform with the fake wings on her back, her leather jacket, her like strange swishing skirts. Uh, and her, like, yeah, corsetry and a belt full of tools, which are meant to throw at people. That is that is allowed. So she is very heavily get up in her, like, dangerous woman street fighter. And she takes this letter, she looks at it, and she turns and shouts into the temple. Miraz, darling, you have official correspondence. I think you have to shout a couple times. Before you can, before Miraz hears you over the sound of, let's see, I think there's some girders being installed uh -huh. under his supervision, and then he kind of uh, emerges. Yeah, she sort of turns, 
and says, someone brought a letter for you, darling. And I think, and Mira strides forward. So I think we see Mira as a fairly tall, spare, handsome man with like really neat, like a really neatly swept back hair. And he is always dressed like kind of like a sort of like a jumpsuit jacket combo sort of thing, but like fairly stylish. And he's always got this really big, heavy satchel full of his tools. Always carries it around. So he kind of like uh, strides up. Mm-hmm. Said, oh, let's see. Uh, and he kind of takes the letter. So what language is it in? Um, the language is uh, common Hadrati, what is normally spoken uh, in Uduasha, but the style is very formal. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, can Vickers read, read this? Uh, I think that she can recognize that it is officially styled, but I don't think she actually can like easily follow it. She, her Hadrati is still... I think her spoken Hadrati is fine, but her written Hadrati is still mm-hmm. staggering. She was never that good at studying. So... She hands it over with uh, just a comment of, uh, I do like the handwriting. Quite neat, don't you think? We should be honored that someone with such refined handwriting is coming to visit. And then I look at the child. And I think like, hmm, so I don't know if this is the etiquette or not, like whether or not I'm allowed to ask this child uh, by the standards of Eruvian formality who sent the letter. But, you know, either way, Miraz is going to ask because he's an outsider, right? So he kind of looks at the child and says, Mm -hmm. so who handed you the letter, boy? This is a boy, right? Yeah, I mean, like, so far as you can tell, yes. The child, like, uh, cocks his head and then, like, puts his hand out expectantly. Ah, all right then. Uh, hmm. And then he kind of, like, uh, looks down in his pockets and then smiles and, and hands the child a lozenge. Very good. Um, the child looks at the lozenge and then looks back up at you and says, uh, if you're not going to pay me, then I'm going to leave. Oh, nonsense. Nonsense. Of course we'll pay you. Now we're a little short on coin at the moment, but I can offer you a delicious home-cooked meal. I will hear no objections about it. I think, come, come. Yeah. I will grab you know the what? child and like, forcibly drag him you roll me to the, sway, to the table. A fortune. I think like you can't really fail at this, but I want to know... like. No. Sway? No, no. I'm rolling command. <laughs> this, is, this is an order. But better. I will roll yeah. it as a fortune roll. That's fine. I shall not take no for an answer. Oh, no, I rolled a two. Yeah, I think what, like, you you don't take no for an answer and therefore you don't get any answers. I think, like, like, it's the kind of thing where, like, you have to, like, Mm -hmm. physically drag him. And he's, like, (laughs) kicking and screaming. He's like, no, I know people like you. You disappear people and then you eat them for dinner. I'm Uh dinner, aren't I? Then uh, I will reassure him as I drag him to the table with a fate almost worse. Because I have attempted akorosi cooking again. Uh, so not only is it a foreign cuisine, but it is a foreign cuisine done extremely badly. The child is looking down at like... It is a very, very spicy eel. It is the whole eel. The eyes are the most del- delicious part. child is looking down at the eel and he's, he's looking up at Miraz as if to be like, I will tell you so long as you make sure I don't mm-hmm. eat this. Miraz kind of takes out another lozenge and holds it out as an alternative. Somehow the lozenge seems so much more delicious and uh, non-threatening that the child like grabs it, puts it in like his mouth, and sa- and like as he's sucking on it, he says, "It was it was someone from the r- railway station. They just told me to find the temple. They didn't even know which temple. Do you know how long it took me to find you?" Um, which is when you realize that like while maybe 
letter was written, it said, oh yeah, we're coming in two hours. It's already taken this boy one hour and 50 minutes to get to. So these guests, whoever they are, they're going to arrive imminently. Oh, it's good that the food's already laid out, huh? And then it kind of look, look at Vickers and smile. Vickers looks and says, ah, I'm afraid it's not very much. Did say, what was that you just gave the boy? Is that is that factory made? You know I don't yeah, approve of the factory I think uh, Miras has medicines. had this conversation many times. And I think uh, he trusts factory made much more than <laughs> organic because, uh-huh. you know, it's all standardized. And then he kind of says, yeah. mm-hmm. ah, yes, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, I just had it on me. Yeah, and Sooner him than me, huh? And uh, he kind of, and he's trying to like get away. <laughs> Vickers smiles. And goes, oh. Well, of course. They do seem to stick an awful lot of those things to you. Whenever you're at the foundation, I don't know how you keep how it keeps happening. Uncle Abbas, Uncle Abbas, we've got guests. Temple, right? I think Abbas is just like looking at it, and he's like, you know, he's just tutting and shaking his head at the uh-huh. you know people who are working on it. Like, ah, wh- what's that? That's been there for five hundred years. What are you doing? Ah, ah, what are these people? And then he turns around at the others and is like, yeah, yes, yes. What is it? Uh, what time of day is it? We're having guests. Uh, it's probably like, I want to say, I mean, if you're having eel, then it's probably yeah. dinner time. Yes, I think this was meant to be feeding yes. the workers who are helping us out, clearly. I yeah. am I am offering uh, them a treat here. Treat. Let me just uh, insert a little world-building detail here. When it's meant to be quote-unquote mm-hmm. daytime, there's this big giant mirror that's suspended above the Udu. During daytime, it kind of like a uh, keeps flashing quote-unquote daylight, reflecting it from the fire onto the rest of the city, or at least the parts of the city that aren't in shade. And yeah, during nighttime, that's just kind of taken off. So there is, in fact, some light. Yeah. Artificial. You are then heading towards dusk, which in Uduasha weirdly means as the as the mirror is being taken down, there's like a very like wild way that this sunlight moves right because like as the mirror is taken down the reflection instead of being somewhat like standard and like you can kind of tell what's happening the light kind of goes everywhere for the half an hour that it takes and that's currently what's happening yeah so i i think i look to yeah, I, think I, was and I kind of like hand uh, him the like letter guests when since when do we have guests coming to our temple like people just come in uh yeah but we'll just uh take the letter and uh read it uh, and like to see like you know what it's about. Yeah, I think Abbas, you actually recognize uh, probably a lot more of the letter, and it is a letter um, written in like a hand that like suggests like, it's like how like some people ra- learn like cursive writing by like tracing the letters and not actually you know using uh-huh. the letters, right? Like so, this is like that kind of like stenograph, not stenographic, like calligraphic writing, right? And it says that the temple of the, uh, what is it called? The temple of the salt shore calls upon its ancient pact with the temple of the ceaseless wheel. And that an emissary from the temple of the salt shore will be arriving in two hours. And then like, the, like there follows some like very specific arcane like signature at the bottom that's meant to like, Oh yeah, no, I think, I'm uh, whatever. I like Abbas does not remember what this is, like or what this thing is, but he will not admit that he doesn't know what's going on. So he just pinches the bridge of his nose and goes, "Ah, temple of the soul shore." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have to think. I uh, have some notes written down uh, somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. Bring them in. Um, yeah, like 
Temple of the Salt Shore. Okay, so I think I was yeah, just desperately trying to like remember if like you know was there was there an ancient pact? Yeah, I mean like this is this is absolutely the kind of thing that so I guess for, me I guess. studying the letter is trying to figure out like is this legit like or, or trying to rem remember and match my yeah yeah okay. No. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be. It could be both. the risky standard. Oh, fortune roll. Okay, okay. I think right, this is right, a fortune right, roll. Okay. I don't think. I don't think there's any risk here yet, right? Like this is just yeah, six. Ah, very good. Okay, so you, I think what you remember is that the Temple of the Soul shows like you remember it because about uh, two hundred years ago, um, it was one of the biggest like religions in. Uh, Scovlin, and the reason that there is like some connection to your temple is that some like there was a big like act, like scholarly like gathering in Scovlin that someone from your temple went to, right? Um, but you also know with the six that uh, over the last twenty years, all of the powerful temples in Scovlin have been like systematically raised and destroyed because they are usually centers of insurrection against the imperial power. And the Soul Shore especially was one of them. So you're pretty sure that like, there is no way that this temple can have exist, can continue to be existing, right? Like it is probably one of the first targets that the Imperials had during the war against Scotland. And I think it's as you realize this, I want to just cut to Joan. Joan, where are you at the moment? I think Joan is in some sort of part of the temple where ceremonies would be held. And she is preparing, I think it would be some sort of like a censer of incense or um, laying out prayer books for a, for, a, for a ceremony in the places where people are going to be sitting. Right. Okay. I think um, this is this is probably like not the main hall where uh, everyone normally sits, right? You're like the preparation area mm -hmm. is maybe like in like a side corridor, and I think you hear a rattle because I think I have now decided that your snake does rattle, and and you as you hear the rattle and you look up. This massive snake moves, by the way, very quickly and very quietly for something this big. And you hear it, like, it does not speak using its mouth because it can't. Um, but rather, it uses the ghost field to uh, make you understand its thoughts. And I think this is something that is only possible in Uzuwasha. I think if it tried this in Duskwall, it would end up, like, melting your brain. But here, the ghost field is, like more more easily manipulated in this way and it, and it says to you um a care zone an opportunity approaches but so does danger and she like takes a moment slightly taken aback by the serpent being here but not in any way like afraid or shocked i, I think she regards it with love more than with like uh than with shock mm -hmm. and she asks an opportunity for what or am I supposed to find out? I think the snake says an opportunity for growth. But you will not be safe during this opportunity as you have been in this temple, Joan. I worry 
that perhaps the peace that you have found, you will now lose. Something shifts in her face when the snake says that. And she puts down like the, the prayer book that she had in her, or the stack of them that she had in her hands on a nearby um, stand, a chair, and makes like a slight bow, inhales like shakingly. Thank you. Thank you for warning me then. Uh, the snake, I think, um, the enormous hood leans forward and like nudges you on the shoulder, just in like a, a gesture of affection. Um, and then before you can react, it curls up and vanishes down the corridor, probably back down into the temple. You are not exactly sure whether the reason that it left is because it said what it needed to say and it thinks you can take care of yourself, or whether it just found something else much more worthy of its attention, and now it's gone to that. <laughs> right. I think uh, as it leaves, and as like the sound of its uh, scales fades away, that in the silence that it leaves behind, she hears the voices of the others uh, echoing through the hall, and she looks that direction and makes to go see them. Well, Uncle, have you? Gleaned any uh, insights from the letter? Salt shore probably doesn't even exist. I remember that uh, they were all destroyed a long time ago. I don't know what this is about, but something, someone is up to no good. But uh, I think, you know, we can always invite them in and uh, see what they want. Meanwhile, in the background, Vickers sees Joan approaching us. Ah, elder sister, have a seat, have a seat. We're having eel today. I thought you might like a taste of home. She smiles very obviously out of politeness. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. And uh, I realized this is they don't fish for Eevee Ludo. <laughs> <That's laughs> any, any news? Oh, yes, there's a letter of some kind. We're having some sort uh, of I was, yeah, like, visit uh, from so, another uh, temple, John as I understand from it. Scotland, and would probably know, like, uh, uh, John, uh, tell me, like, do you remember this, this, uh, temple of the salt shore? Like, it's all destroyed a long time ago, no? I, I assume that that is, that would be information that she would know. Is there any, like, particular context that she would have for this specific temple from, from having lived in Scotland? Yeah, I think that, like, you would know that, um... The temple became, uh, like, it, it was destroyed fairly early on in, in the war, and its devotees kind of, like, became, like, very uh, big in the revolutionary army. But as time went on, without, like, a consolidated power base, it found itself kind of being swallowed up by other faiths. And it is surprising that, like, now... So far away from like where you would expect to hear about it, someone appears to have like used its name. So I guess instead of like responding to the question, she says, "Oh, I I, I guess that makes sense. I was just given a warning, a warning that we would have an opportunity for growth, but that it would be dangerous. The danger was coming wow, here in the temple." Well, let's see what this danger is. Yes. Okay. We will. We will invite them in. Let's see what. Why. Why they're pretending to be the this temple. Miraz, listen to me, boy. 
this is a learning this is a moment for you to learn but you see we we must be like the viper right we wait we observe hmm? then when the moment is right we shall strike miras are you writing this down i think miras uh, who doesn't like to so obviously he pretends he doesn't care about any of this spooky sh- spooky shit but like he also is the kind of person who doesn't like not knowing what's being talked about so he's mm-hmm. like wait what is all this uh this temple of the salt ah, shore yeah, is it so, subsurface covenant yes. thing where, where is your head during our lectures <laughs> uh temple of the salt shore was a temple in scotland but long time ago the imperials destroyed it it's no sense for them to be coming here now not only are they destroyed they are uh, the faith doesn't exist anymore in that shape it's it's supposed to have been absorbed into others destroyed why were they seditionists revolutionaries yeah, yeah, or the, pretenders why else would the imperials destroy them I don't think I like the idea of these so-called pretenders to some sort of anti-imperialist cult coming over here. Uh, we yes. shouldn't be mixed up in that Not sort of thing. Mixed up in that kind of thing, yes. Uh, yeah. Especially if, uh, if His Majesty the the Snake, and you know, there's like some sort of like a an attempt at being witty and sarcastic about the snake and trying to like. shut it down a little bit while also acknowledging the fact that it's a living god of some sort if the snake thinks that it's a bad idea for it to be here for them to be here then i think we should listen to the snake ah did his majesty specify what level of danger we are dealing with here will firearms suffice or shall i get yeah. the heavy equipment i think i look at joan to see what, what level <laughs> i think she's very taken aback by that question he's like visibly uh-huh. like stammers for a moment i d- don't I I got the sense that he recommended caution more than any sort of explosive. Oh, oh, delightful then. I shall simply keep a couple of hold out. She says and she takes out her her guns, which she has a pair of pistols. They were a wedding present from her father to keep her safe from ruffians. She will simply put them in her belt unobtrusively. So my wife wants to shoot them. My uncle seems to want to invite them in and throw vipers uh, on them if i understand no, no, you correctly no. uncle yes, yes. and we are the viper <laughs> ah of course how could i not see this is the moment that i think uh the camera at least sees uh two figures quite forlorn and bedraggled uh finally turn up at the temple they are both i think not not very old maybe in their late 20s one of them is uh short has her arm in a sling and is quite clearly like recovering from some kind of quite traumatic injury the other one who bears like a resemblance to her is uh a bit taller probably a bit younger and they have two large bags one in each hand and they are kind of like looking around not in a way as if to be like uh where is everybody i cannot believe this but more in a furtive fort furtive furtive like um more in a furtive like is this where we're supposed to be is that is, what's going on kind of way yeah i think miras notices them mm-hmm. and if i may i'm going to rush towards them 
I'm going to walk towards them and go, what is this? Uh, is this Kovlander Revolutionary Boarding House? What are all, what, here with your bags and baggage, sending us what? Some sort of telegram uh, 10 minutes in advance before le- coming in here? Listen, we don't want any of this nonsense, right? I don't know what you think you're doing here, but this is a law-abiding temple. We want no part of anything you're offering. I think, I think uh, as you say this... Well, I was no, saying, yeah. like, you know, after, just after his uh, lecture about being patient like the Viper, he's kind of just, like, internally cringing. I didn't. I, I think he would... Cause, so I think one of the things about Abbas, like, about his character is that he, he really wants to show off his intellect, right? And he will even invite like a dangerous situation like to pursue such an opportunity because it would just make sense like for some people to uh, claim to be from a temple that doesn't even exist like just to not entertain them at all but like he wants to show off his chops right so like <laughs> i'm gonna destroy these guys with logic and reason so uh, i think yeah i'm obviously gonna try to risk the situation like <laughs> so gentlemen gentlemen sorry sorry my nephew has been away for he does not understand our customs please please you you say you're from the temple of the assault shore, was it? Yes. Yeah, I think the uh, the taller one <clears throat> looks at you and says, um, "We we were we we were told that if we came here and gave you and then like that like one of the two bags, they look down to be like I can't remember which one. Which one is it? Oh shit! And then like they just like thrust one at you, and then they say, "We were told if we if we if we give you this." then you would help us. And then like, they're just like hoping that you will take the bag from them. Yeah. I think like it's, by the way, I want to be clear here. They're definitely siblings, the two of them. Um, And while the uh, younger and taller one is doing all of the talking, the older one with the arm and the sling uh, is kind of glaring at everybody. So I reach for the bag. I don't know if Abbas wants to get it himself, but either way, I, don't I think, know. I think Abbas so is, there's uh, he has eye on it. But like, I think, yeah, he, he, Abbas is more trying to like, because he knows something's off, right? Like he wants to get information before doing anything. I'm like, ah, gentlemen, why, why so hasty? We've just prepared food for you as well. But please tell me, you must be so tired. You've come, uh, we, we, you must have come uh, from a long distance away. Where, when did you come to uh, Uduasha? We, we, we just we, we just arrived. Uh, they told us if we if we made it to the ceaseless temple and we said, well, if they said if we were if we send the yes, letter, then of course, then our you ancient would, pact. You would help ah, us? Sorry, I'm an old man. I'm having trouble remembering. Uh, could you remind me what the ancient pact was? They said they said that, like, if you open the bag, then you'll know. I uh, do, do you mind if we sit down? My sister's still. Uh, you know, she can't really uh, be walking for too long, and we couldn't. Yeah, I think get Abbas any will just uh, gesture and like, yeah, go and like, sit down. But I think maybe he also makes a little bit of eye contact with Vickers, like you know, like keep an eye on them. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, Vickers notices this nonsense and says, "Oh, do sit down." By a wonderful <laughs> coincidence, we happen to have lots of e left over. I don't know how that happened. Please take a seat. I think Mira's meanwhile is taking the bag away to his work- workshop where he quickly dons his protective suit, kind of like the whole hazmat sort of thing, and is opening the bag cautiously <laughs> as though expecting it to be a bomb. Uh, it is not a bomb. It is actually 90% just like padding material, but in the center of the 
of the bag is what appears to be like like you know when books fall apart because that binding has fallen apart and then the what you should do is rebind them but sometimes what people do is they just like leave them leave the pages in the right order and then like choose very carefully never to open the books again um that is what has happened to this book i don't know if any of you can tell this by looking at it but this like it's basically made somehow of a combination of like the kind of wax that the golems in uduwasha are made of and uh some kind of ground uh like the the ink is made up of like some kind of ground uh gemstone and on the top of the book is the symbol of your of your temple which is the the tunnel wheel i you recognize it immediately it is impossible to mistake and it is probably very valuable So I think Miraz opened it in the safety and isolation of his workshop just in case it was a bomb which he thought it was but now that he looks at it he kind of frowns and takes off like the sort of like I guess mask of the protest- protective suit and like still but still wearing the rest of the suit so he looks quite funny he kind of waddles back towards the dining table slams the bag down on the table upsets some of the stew and kind of gestures at the books at the book inside and say, and says but what is this and you can see that he's like <laughs> he sounds slightly disappointed that it's not a bomb it's just as, as you should be as you should be um yeah i think yeah like it's up as it's time like yeah uh, he's uh, just you know gestures with his hand to have a look at the book i imagine by the way in the interim uh, this is a far greater threat than the table with uh, this yes. array of weaponry Yes, Vickers is looking at them, look probably looking like she's looking at them expectantly, but she's in fact just keeping an eye on them like Uncle Abbas instructed. So they're in this awkward situation where she seems like a really eager host, but is actually just watching over them. They are actually um eating the eel. Uh it's probably not the worst thing that they've eaten in the last couple of weeks. In fact, I think like uh the younger sibling is feeding uh their sister because the sister's got one arm in a sling. And it's it's kind of cute. Uh it's a very like touching display of sibling bonding. Absolutely. But if nothing else happens until Miraz returns, then I'm not about to start something. I think Miraz is looking slightly sheepish. Like this is why he's disappointed because he was angry and now it turns out he had no reason to be angry. So now he's just kind of standing in the corner in his hazmat suit. What is Yuan up to? I think she is like she has been squint glaring at these uh siblings for quite for the like the, the entirety of the interaction and at the point where where Miraz leaves and they sit down to have food she like kind of goes to sit next to them and she will eventually go to shake uh, or extend a hand to the younger sibling by way of like offering to shake his saying my name is Joan and then she says in Scavic by way of an very traditional greeting save hearth i think when you say that like the sister like for the first time looks up and looks like like meet your eyes meets your eyes and she says uh in the same language the traditional response which is uh um warm home very cute i think when she when she speaks jun looks in her eyes very intently having seen them being being like really kind of nervous the whole time right she's she's trying to look at these people and and like 
hold their gaze and see if she sees a hint in there by which she can determine whether it's the nervousness of someone who's hiding something or the nervousness of someone who is genuinely lost. I think this is a role and I think there is some risk here. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a risky position, but I think you're, mm-hmm. I think this is a controlled position, but it's not risk-free. And I think the risk here is that like, these are exactly right. the kinds of people who will notice being noticed. Yeah, so absolutely. I think I would like to assist. And the way I'm assisting is I think what I've already done, right? Kind of like yeah. made an asshole of myself and I'm looking at them. So I'm going to take stress for that because now I feel kind of ashamed. But maybe I'll be vindicated. Who knows? I'm going to roll survey and take the bonus there. Six. Oh, very good. It's a six. Full success. Um, yeah, I think, in fact, it's both those things that you said. Unfortunately, it's not one or the other, right? I think with a four or five, you would only quote one of them. Um, but you realize that, like, mm-hmm. they are nervous both because they understand that they are somewhere that maybe they shouldn't be and they're not sure quite to make of what to make of it and they've been through a lot. But they're also nervous because if someone cottons on to who they really are, they could be in a lot of trouble. Uh, and like they've made it here through the skin of their teeth. Like you can see by the way that like the sister, she relaxed when she spoke to you, but she didn't relax uh enough and she's definitely still eyeing vickers with some like Mm -hmm. like like stress it's just towards you that she's like at least this person might be safe she asks uh she she says like you look very tired so i hope you enjoy the eel take your time with it but after that i think we would she look she she says looking over her shoulder i think we would all appreciate if you could elaborate a little bit on why you are here. Because this book is not telling me anything. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, she continues not to say anything, um, but her younger sibling like kind of swears. And you understand it because they're swearing in Skovic again. And it's probably like one of those, <laughs> unfortunately in my head, I'm only thinking of Telugu swear words, <laughs> but it's one of those like, you know, motherfucker kind of things, right? Like. Um, just, I can't believe this. And I think mm-hmm. uh, they look at, look at you and say, um, we didn't have anywhere else to go. We robbed the temple, okay? And there was a letter and we figured that maybe if we just did what the letter said, you know, maybe we'd get lucky. And well, that's why we're here. And I think that like, it's not hard to tell that like the previous thing they were saying about, oh no, they just told us to come here or whatever. It's like a very, very like flimsy kind of lie, but it's like the kind of thing that like, if they needed to double down on, they could. But in this case, you know. I think Miraz had taken a sip of tea, kind of like uh, chilling out. And then when he hears rob the temple, he kind of spits it out. And then kind of like uh, bashes his fist on the table and says, no, no, absolutely out of the question. We will not be sheltering criminals. What, what is this? We're not criminals. Nobody, those temples were all ransacked and destroyed years ago. We just, we, we were looking for shelter. And then it turned out that like, there was like a, you know, we pushed something and then a secret passageway opened up. What absolute nonsense I think we are, is this? I what think is this? Huh? Like, trying to secret passages. We rose off a little bit because, you know, like there, there's, 
Yeah, I think you know, he kind okay. of like peace, thumbs peace, down. Peace, peace. Like, you said you had nowhere else to go. What do you mean? From whom? Like, who's chasing you? I think uh, they look at their sister and then their sister kind of like looks at Joan. And I think Joan, like, yeah, I mean, like, maybe it's a bit harsh, but like, and you can resist this if you like, but I think like you can feel that like she's really trusting you. She's really like, like, and like you will, if, if like you fuck her over, you will feel bad about it, I guess. But like, she's like, deciding mm-hmm. to take on faith that like that moment that you had meant something and then she turns back and like kind of nods and then the the sibling kind of says our parents were revolutionaries they 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 did they, they died and the imperials they've been they've been chasing us ever since we just we we had to get out we couldn't we couldn't stay there anymore and we nearly died so many times and when we found when we found this, we thought we thought we could get away. Uh, and I think the sister says in Skovic, just to you, Joan. I think like everybody kind of knows that like Alf Ironborn is a in Duskwall, he's like a small time thug, right? And he kind of claims to be like descended from royalty or something, right? I think she says to you, Alf's lie is our truth. She gets up and walks away and like stays in this room, but like she's like looking out of a window. Remind me who Old Iron was again. I vaguely remember him, but it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a uh, uh, Scovish revolutionary slash thug who made it from Scotland to Duskwall, and he's creating hell there, basically. He's uh, a place in the dark okay. meme. He's All basically right. Blade's Chuck Norris. But, okay, so uh, his his lie, like why well, he he claims to have done many things or something. And... He claims uh, to be related okay. to the royal family, right? Uh, From what I understand, what you're saying. And these people mm-hmm. actually are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least they claim they are too. Yeah, they claim that they are. Yeah. Okay, so what does Joan do as she looks out the window or say? For a moment, it seems that she is going to like retract into herself completely. And I think at this point, I should introduce my rival. So what she says is, I know someone here in the city who, uh, who does what you do. Someone connected to the revolution. I will introduce you to them tomorrow. The person she's referring to is Marion, who is her rival, because Marion and Joan once were friends or at least to a certain extent, when she came to Eruvia, or to Uduasha, they somehow like found each other again, as if by like extreme chance. And Marion asked her to like join the cause, and Joan refused, because that is not the sort of thing that she would want to get it mixed up in. And that okay, has so uh, left Joan a certain is, bitterness uh, between like, them. sympathetic towards the revolutionary movement, though? I don't think so. I I th- I think it's one of those like it's it's a source of sheer personal conflict for her, rather or internal conflict, rather than that she is the uh, okay, side so like pushing you're, away uh, the issue. To this uh, to Marion, like as a way of to just like get rid of them, like uh, make it someone else's problem. Yeah. 
it's like uh, I don't want to fucking deal with this. Being someone who is uh, who is sympathetic towards any kind of uh, anti-imperial movement, will say, uh, I think, I don't know. Will he shelter them? Like, I think he agrees. Like, yeah, like you know, you look like you've had a long journey. You could spend the night here, but this book, Miraz, hand it to me. I want to see what it says. The book is like between us. Like Miraz has already walked away from it. But like when you. When you're like, you know, they can shelter here. Miras kind of gives you this like look of like, what the fuck, seriously? And then he kind of gestures at you and says, why are we involving ourselves with this? I don't know, some ancient pact from some temple you barely remember. And these people who I see no reason to trust them. And well, maybe we can ship them off to Joan's unsavory friend or whatever. But having them in our roof? No. I, I... And then he kind of like turns to Vickers and it's like, Mm-hmm. Vickers, you, you, you see that it's too risky, don't you? Risky? No, I don't. How? <laughs> she genuinely oh, does not this understand. Oh, they may well be wanted by the by, Mira, by the by the empire. For all we know, the oh. Garter Snake forms communities numbering in the hundreds. <laughs> They're always there for each other. They form communities, and we have to learn from this. If someone comes to our home and they ask for help, how can you say no? And I think our very own... Uh, oh, wait, does, do you think Abbas has some kind of uh, nickname for Vickers or... I don't know. Like, because, you know, like, I mean, being like a, like a South Asian, like, usually, like, uh, the father-in-law or something. I, uh, yeah, I, I think I think she's the little sister. I think that would yeah, be yeah. the fun. Like, yeah, like, like, in, like oh, um, Asian, like, you know, uh, cultures, like, usually you say uh-huh. something like... yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've been calling Joan yeah, older said, sister, like, so I guess I'm the little very sister. Little sister here can take care of any problems should they arise. Yeah, uh, Vicar's face lights up. He goes, "Oh, am I taking care of the problems? Do give me a minute." And she wolf whistles, like puts two fingers in her mouth and whistles to summon the team. Very good. Um, like, and and I think we see um a, a, a very short montage of like. As you whistle, you know, there's someone like kind of like drinking like a cup of tea. There's someone else like like mm-hmm. uh, peering at a newspaper that like uh, glasses at the end of their nose, mm-hmm. right? And like as soon as you do this, all of them like spring into action. And like two minutes later, they're all like in front of you, like a bit winded, but nevertheless, like like on time and present. Uh-huh. Yeah, Vickers has not really grasped the magnitude of this because she was never that good at high politics. Yeah. So she looks to Miras to see how he is reacting to the fact that I have now summoned personal bodyguards. <laughs> he leans back. So like normally, you know, in a situation where one player wants something, other players want other things, I'd call for some sort of PvP role. But like, I don't think it's interesting for me to get my way in character, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think like... Yeah. And yeah. like everyone wants to shelter them, and I as a player want to shelter them. So I think Miras kind of like leans back, sighs, uh-huh. looks at the entire tableau, and wonders how his life ended up this way. And then this kind of says, "Well, I'll leave you all to it then, to your playing at revolutionary games, to you chatting with serpents, to and then kind of gestures at Vickers, and he was going to say something to her, but like he can't bring himself to be mean to his wife." Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll go off doing what I do best then, right? And then he kind of goes off and tries to go supervise workers, but like they've already gone for dinner. 
and then he just kind of uh-huh. goes off to his workshop to be alone. Yep, and Vickers addresses the team. She like looks at her husband with sympathy, and will definitely have to catch up with Miras later. But she looks at the team and says, "Like, I'm sorry to summon you all so suddenly, but it turns out that we have some guests in our company who are being pursued by ruffians. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the deal." Ruffians on our neighborhood, on our territory, on our turf, as it were, is something that we shall not tolerate. Huzzah! And, and yeah, I think you, you've now trained these people. They, they go, huzzah! Like, as if, like, they're in, yes. in, in, in like a military, like, uh, yep. precision, right? Um, I mean, they're... They come from various street gangs, so they perfectly well understand the, you know, defending yeah, guests from ruffians pursuing yeah. them, right? It's, yeah. Um, so. This is absolutely amazing. <laughs> I think that, like, as Miraz walks away, uh, the younger sibling looks at uh, Abbas and says, we don't want anything to do with the revolution. We, they keep trying to make us into their figureheads or their leaders and just want I think Abbas might at this point give just them a want to little bad. Well, not like consciously, but like subconsciously, there's a this is a little change in his face that we're like he knows what that's like because he's had people trying to pressure him into like when he's part of the revolutionary movement. He remembers like yeah, people have tried to pressure him into doing things that he doesn't want to do either. So just he just gives him a nod and says, yeah. "Look, uh, there are bedrooms in the back. I think you can." I can show you where they are when you're ready. And after that, like, you know, it just lets it be. I think, um, I think it's going to take a look at the book as actually, like, I don't know um, if there's anything there, just leaf through it. And, you know, just out of curiosity. Like, I don't know, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to offer you two things and you can pick one. The first is that you can just roll a fortune roll here, which is to say, you can do this completely risk-free and you'll get some very basic information. Or you can take some risk and really try and have a glance at this. And I will start a clock. And the name of the clock so is going second, to be the, second option uh, is the wheel to, turns. Uh. So uh, if you want to take some mm-hmm. risk, then I will start a clock called the wheel turns. And depending on how you roll, I will take this block some number of times. Nothing much has happened so far. Okay, Okay. so I think maybe like Abbas, you know, he's just yeah. We'll 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 roll, but like as the scene is, he uh, he just you know he casually takes the book, he's leafing through it, and like he doesn't expect to find anything there, but just suddenly something like something catches his eye, and now we'll we'll see what it is. Right. Okay. So risky standard. Oh, that's a fail. That's not good. Uh, so I'm going to take this twice. And I think as you open this, uh, Abbas, you, I don't think that nobody else, I don't think that anybody else hears it. Maybe, maybe it depends how familiar you are, familiar you are with, the, with the rattle, actually. So maybe Joan hears it. But I think, Abbas, as you like open it and you have a look, you hear the rattle of um, the snake that we are now calling His Majesty. And it is, it is a death rattle. It is the kind of rattle that like, you have been telling Miraz all your life to be wary of because it means that something is going to come out of the dark and sink its fangs straight into your own throat. And I think that if you look around you in this moment, you will not see 
the snake. And yet somehow it feels like its presence is not only right here in the room with you, it is disapproving of, of what you have just tried to do. Mm. Yeah. Which is casually open this holy book and like rifle through its pages like it's some kind of like uh, fairy novel, like fairy tale novel. More like his opening, I guess, like a, uh, I don't know, a scholarly book and skipping to the conclusion part without reading any of the... Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we I should probably wrap, wrap up soon, but I want to see like, Mimiras uh, first. He, like, uh, he feels like the the shiver in his uh-huh. spine, right? And but like I, for a minute, he, for just a second, he thinks like you know, oh, this is huge. I need to like tell someone. But just given that you know something like bigs happen, Miraz has gone off in a you know like in a pouting. He's gone up in his workshop and like you know, it's late in the day. He just slowly closes the book and says, uh, actually, you know what, I'm pretty tired uh, myself. Um, c- could you guys take care of your guests, please? And he, he'll head off towards his personal study slash bedroom. Yeah. Okay, may I have a scene with Miraz? Okay. In the workshop? So, I think, yeah, I think Vickers will pursue him into the workshop once he's done setting everything up, which will not take too long, but enough for him to stew a little bit in his frustration in there. And she will come in and close the door behind her. And she say, Are you quite all right, darling? I think Mira's is hunched over. Uh, mm-hmm. So might as well introduce. Um, yes. So I took Artificer, mm-hmm. right? So I have one spark yep. design that I know. And so I am hunched over this extendable sort of like manipulator arm that mm-hmm. I can do like fine motor work with from a real far away distance. And I'm like, tinkering with it and then suddenly you see it spring out and kind of like uh, punch me in the nose and I kind of go mm-hmm. damn blast fuck it and then he kind of like <laughs> turn, looks at you and says no I'm not quite alright everything seems to be going wrong ah. darling do be careful around these things they're quite dangerous you know those terrible springs pack quite a punch here are you are you well let me apply something and she takes a handkerchief with some incredibly stinking herbal remedy that you know very well because abbas uses it mm-hmm. to treat minor wounds no it's perfectly so, like, all right. childhood memories <laughs> and then he kind of just kind of yeah to it and then he you know despite the fact that it's offensive he remembers it very much from his childhood so it doesn't actually bother him that much beyond mm-hmm. like so i, I think he comes down, puts his hand on Vicar's hand, and then mm-hmm. kind of like looks up, and he kind of like relaxes a little bit, and then he says, "I suppose you think I was quite the boor out there." Oh, well, I did claim to understand the situation. It quite went over my head, but I do know that we run a temple here, and a temple is, as I understand it, a sort of sanctuary, isn't it? And well, these people came to us seeking sanctuary. And so I thought it was only the decent thing to do. I'm sorry if I've made some sort of faux pas. Oh, I think I think maybe it is I who's made the faux pas. I don't know what I'm doing. Should be told, Vickers. This, and then he kind of gestures at the mechanical arm. This sort of thing, even if it plays Mary Hill and punches me in the nose, this is what I, this, I understand this. Running temples, giving sanctuary, Concerting with cultists who may or may not be revolutionaries, I don't know. Uh, giant snakes that rattle around and 
you must think it's very silly. I grew up with all this, but I don't understand it. I truly don't. And oh, it's quite all right, darling. It's new to the both of us. We we still have have to spend some time integrating. I it's been harsh on us both, but I do think that well, your uncle means well. I know he can be a little bit overbearing, but I do think he has your best interests at heart, truly, at least in this matter. And uh, in other matters, well, you may, of course, politely tell him to go to hell if need be, but I don't think he's entirely wrong. No, I suppose he isn't, but somehow the burden of leadership in this temple has fallen on my shoulders. And then he kind of like gives you this look where he doesn't say it because he doesn't like to articulate it, but like you can see that in his eyes, it's like, he has to take decisions, but he yeah. is constantly aware of the fact that he doesn't know what's best for the temple, whereas Abbas uh-huh. does. But like, so it's this weird sort of thing where he tries to exert authority because he's supposed to do that, but like he doesn't know what to do. Vickers thinks for a moment and clicks her tongue and puts the uh, the handkerchief back in her pocket. And then she says, you know, I think maybe you should speak with Joan. She seems to understand better than anyone what is going on with these strangers and Perhaps that can give you some better basis for a decision. Chop, chop, go now. Don't sulk in here. Does you no good. Look at your poor nose. And then she will just rudely grab your invention and like shove it out of the way and cover it with a cloth. Yeah. Ah. Uh, well, Joan, huh? And there's like this other thing where we haven't seen this. So obviously, like this has happened on screen, but like I don't think Miraz and Joan have ever had like a one-on-one conversation yet. He's been avoiding her. Uh-huh. And I think, yeah. like, he goes off because, like, you know, it's probably time to change that. And I think as he stumbles away, and, you know, because he's a bit overwhelmed, he's, like, dabbing the bruise on his nose, he forgets to cover it up. But you notice, Vickers, that mm-hmm. aside from the manipulator arm on his desk, on his, like, workbench, like, mm-hmm. there's some open uh, chests and so on, crates and, and all that, like, stuff that he brought over that he never really opened mm-hmm. in front of you. And when you look in, you see that it's got, you know, all sorts of paraphernalia, paraphernalia like uh, drugs and like uh, alchemical reagents. You even see like some grenades and like he had been pouring over those, like stocking up, making sure that things were ready in case things went south. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Vickers uh, looks over it quietly to herself. And after Miras has left, she... Uh, she smiles softly and shakes her head and says, to, just to herself, like, Oh dear, Miraz, there's not nearly enough grenades. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their false names and true. Saumitri, called Tree as the GM. Zoheb, called Cloud as Miraz, Prince as Vickers, Emma as Joan, Adiat called Soap as Abbas. Blades in the Dark and the original inspiration for Udo Asha by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Jalandahar Intro Music by Kevin McLeod. Outro Music in Kiravani Ragam by Yu Srinivas. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. 
support us at ko-fi.com slash desperate attune.